Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Hanson, let, let us know when you get that Kevin McCarthy audio, okay, that I just sent you. Kevin McCarthy just speaking about the news breaking from Trump. Trump put this out himself, as he has done a couple of times now. He likes to get out ahead of it, that he has been uh, sent a letter that he is a target of the investigation from Jack Smith about the whole election interference thing. I'm sorry, the man's name is the deranged Jack Smith. (laughs) According to Trump. Right. Um, But so this is likely to lead to an indictment. And I've been looking for reactions and Kevin McCarthy just reacted. So uh, Hanson, let us know when you have that audio so we can play that. All right. Thank you. Let me squeeze this in real quickly. Here's a tweet from a doctor who I don't know. After relentlessly calling it a conspiracy theory, and they did, New York Times and CDC now admit authorities overcounted COVID deaths and overhyped the pandemic. About a third of official COVID deaths or hundreds of thousands of deaths were not due to COVID. This is from the New York Times, I think, yesterday. Really? Um, Quote, COVID's told to be clear has not fallen to zero. The CDC's main COVID webpage estimates that about 80 people per day have been dying from the virus in recent weeks, which is equal to about 1% of overall daily deaths. And this is from the New York Times. The official number is probably an exaggeration because it includes some people who had the virus when they died, even though it was not the underlying cause of death. No way. No Other way. Other CDC data. Nobody had ever thought of that as a possibility. Certainly didn't say it out loud over and over again for years. 
Other CDC data suggests that almost one-third of official recent COVID deaths have fallen into this category. Well, I'll be damned. A third? That was a conspiracy theory so dangerous and idiotic it could not be repeated. Remember a that. third? They're talking about recent deaths, but there's no reason to think it's it would have been any different at the height. No, of the thing. remember uh, at the height of the thing when the I think it was the L.A. hospital said fifty percent of their people in the hospital anyway, not deaths, but people in the hospital were there with COVID, not because of COVID. Right, and since hospitals were given uh, generous. Uh, compensation for dealing with COVID patients, including those who died, why not err to the side of saying it was COVID? You'd be a fool not to. The government's handing out money. Yeah, that's part of it. Um, And then just the weird ideology behind making this worse to get at Trump or something. Um, That whole thing. Did we learn anything from this? I'm frightened by the whole Hunter Biden's laptop where you weren't allowed to say what looked to be obviously true or... Um, obviously, the COVID stuff on so many different levels, the, 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 again, with COVID, but the uh, distance learning. Um, there are other examples that are not popping into my head right now. But in, in recent memory where you just it's it's uh, it's declared persona non grata or whatever mm-hmm. the proper term would be. To Idea even, non grata. Yeah. It, to, to bring it up. And then it later turn, it bears it bears eventually to be true. Yeah. But th- I don't feel like this is going away or getting any better or anybody. Like, well, let's not do that again. I I think that that's here to stay. It's highly troubling. Yeah, I would I would guess you're right, and I wish you weren't. But like Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger's fantastic reporting, and and Barry Weiss helped too on the the Twitter project, the Twitter files, where they uncovered how that stuff was done, why it was done, who did it, what the you know the pressure was, and coming from where. And it was brilliant reporting on a very very important topic, and it was pretty much ignored. By everybody that wasn't, you know, Substack and uh, the Washington Times. Can I come? New York, up? The New York Post had some good stuff on it. Can you come up with any examples that run the other direction politically? So it's not all, uh, re, you know, uh, conservative truths, right wing truths, Republican truths, whatever you want to call them, that are being squashed. Or does it only happen one direction? Maybe it well, only happens one direction. You've got to have the means to squash right. stuff, right? Which would mean, so, yeah, there's stories that didn't get on Hannity, but that's super insignificant in comparison to it couldn't get a breath of air on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Right. But I'll bet we have a couple of those leading up to the presidential election. It'd be odd if we didn't, honestly. That is wild. That if you if you questioned the numbers on the COVID deaths at all, you were seen as just a wackadoodle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're really a fringe conspiracy theorist, QAnon sort of storm the Capitol nut job, and you must be silenced. Likewise, if you claimed the uh, lab leak theory or even wanted it investigated, you were a maniac. If you were to point out, hey, this uh, vaccine doesn't mean you won't get COVID. It doesn't mean that at all. And granted, I think it it severely reduces the chance of getting a a serious case. I took it, and I'm fine with it. Um, But to even question, hey, what are the side effects? Wait a minute. Why do we have to take three now or more? How long does this last? Do kids really need it? All of that stuff. Well, right. Yeah, Couldn't even say it. I was about to bring up the kids thing. 
and the conversation around the kids where he'd say, look, this is not a disease kids get. Like, practically nobody's dying from this that's a kid. They don't appear to be effective vectors of the disease, meaning they don't spread it. Right. So we're closing schools. Yeah, the fact that we couldn't talk about that is so troubling. Yeah. And how much of it was driven by Trump? That that's that's what I that's what we don't won't know until Trump is off the scene, which you know actuarially will have to be within ten years or so out of guess. Just because mm-hmm. you know he's old, um, but that'll be interesting to see if it continues or if it, how much is driven by Trump. Speaking of Trump, so Trump, uh, well, let me read the Trump truth that he put out an hour or so ago. Deranged Jack Smith, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's DOJ, sent a letter again. It was Sunday night! Exclamation point, stating that I'm a target all caps, of the January 6th grand jury investigation and give me, me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment. And he's right. That usually means an arrest and indictment when you get that letter. So um, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, ask about that. Here's what he said. Well, I guess uh, under a Biden administration, Biden America, you'd expect this. If you notice recently, President Trump went up in the polls and was uh, actually surpassing President Biden for re-election. So what do they do now? Weaponize government to go after their number one opponent. It's time and time again. I think the American public is tired of this. They want to have see equal justice. And the idea that they utilize this to go after those who politically disagree with them is wrong. Boy, has Kim McCarthy shifted in that stuff. Wasn't terribly long ago he was uh, saying stuff more like, "Well, we got to see what the charges are," and and uh, you know, some are more serious than others. Now it's all a witch hunt. Okay, and that seems to be the official uh, Republican attitude. Now you will stick to the stri- script. Yeah, well, I'd I'd like to hear what specifically the, they're claiming in this indictment before I get off too half cocked or even three quarters cocked or I don't know ninety percent cocked. Sure, but um, the. Alvin Bragg one around Stormy Daniels, I think, was weaponizing the Justice Department to try to bring down Trump. So they hundred percent they laid the groundwork for people saying this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I cannot believe the Democrats, the powerful Democrats, let that happen. Right, that did them that, so much damage. Oh yeah, I mean, just from a strategic point of view, I'm not advocating it because I wanted to see it. But if you wanted to bring down Trump, what's the single worst thing you could do? Run. Uh, an indictment up the flagpole that precisely fits everything Trump has been saying about all the indictments. That they're phony. They're trumped up. No pun intended. They're a witch hunt. They're unnecessary. They're my political opponents who vowed to get me trying to get me. All of that's 100% true. And you remember how big a deal that was. Oh, my God. A former president is going to be arrested, indicted, fingerprint mugshot what will it be like oh my god this is a monumental then it happens again Uh, this is still a pretty big deal now this is gonna happen this third time right ho hum for a lot of america trump got a letter meanwhile in women's world cup news yeah and so i mentioned this statistic i think toward the end of the show i should uh i should mention it again 56 percent. i think that's the right number in a reputable poll believe the sitting president has taken bribes oh right yeah that was that was uh on 538.com they mentioned that right uh is it is a poll i'd never heard of but 538 gives it an a plus rating in terms of being a good polling organization and 56 percent of americans think biden has taken bribes you've also got 
the fact that the vast majority of Americans think these indictments against Trump are politically motivated. Mm-hmm. What, what, does, what does a country do with that information? Including a substantial number of people who think that the charges are legit, but yep. clearly yep. politically motivated. Yep, yep, yeah. Yeah, big chunk of America thinks Trump did all the things he's been accused of mm-hmm. and 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 thinks they're politically motivated and thinks the current president took bribes. Is that just the flaws of issue polling and people just say crap things to pollsters? Or are we just that? Do we have that much dis, uh, uh, whatever you call that in your brain dissonance going on? With like you can't add all these things together, can you, and make sense of the world? But right, right, yeah. I don't know. These are some weird times. What I'd say things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Things are getting weird. They're getting weird fast. If we, if the, if the most of us believe the current president is taking bribes and are like, what are you going to do? And that the and the most likely opponent is uh, guilty of a bunch of different things. Yeah, but what are you going to do? But then the one, where are we? We're Brazil. We have become Brazil. Yeah, I don't even know. How many is a Brazilian? Anyway, uh, a couple of things merely to amuse you very quickly. Speaking of Elon Musk, he retweeted this. Uh, PETA tweeted, a fish's life is just as valuable to them as yours is to you. (laughs) And a dude responded, how come fish can eat other fish, but we can't eat fish? And PETA blocked him. (laughs) And Elon Musk retweeted that. Which I thought was so good. (laughs) And on the topic of the wacky, wacky internet, I brought you that story about soft girl culture and the backlash against it. Idiotic. But there's more to this story that's so amusing. They quote this woman who identifies as a soft femme and wrote her doctoral dissertation on queer femme internet culture. Okay. Known as Enchanted Noir on TikTok, this 32-year-old woman is a black soft girl living in Philadelphia whose content has become so lucrative, she's forming an LLC. She makes tens of thousands of dollars. She acknowledged that corporate appeals to diversity are part of what draws some brands to her. Then they go into all the brands she promotes and does unboxing videos, all the while taking very seriously her promotion of black soft girl femme queer internet culture as she hawks dresses da right <laughs> oh, you people get a job have a kid have all a right kid, have a kid that'll change <laughs> that'll change how much time you spend thinking about these niche issues uh, we could check in on the new york serial killer story we could check in on the hollywood strike and an attempt to make it relevant to your life, because I think most of you probably don't care, and a bunch of other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Vladimir Putin vowing to respond after the latest attack on a vital bridge that connects Russian-occupied Crimea to the Russian mainland. The Kremlin claims Ukraine used underwater drones to strike the Kerch Bridge. The claims are unverified, but the attack shut down traffic on this crucial supply route for Russian forces. Russian officials say a couple driving on the bridge was killed and their daughter seriously injured in the blast. Nice bridge you got there. Shame if something happened to it. That's uh, how Ukraine's handling that situation. And uh, But this aspect of the story will have legs. Russia said it was suspending the deal that allows Ukraine to export millions of tons of grain through the Black Sea. Russia claims international restrictions have hampered its own exports of food and fertilizer and that it might consider resuming the safe passage agreement only when its demands are met. Experts say if Ukrainian grain shipments are interrupted, it could lead to famine in some countries and rising food prices around the world. The Kremlin insists there's no connection between the suspension of the grain deal and the bridge attack. Russian officials say repairs will take months. I thought that was particularly rich that the Russians said, oh, it's not connected to the attack on the bridge. It's the coincidental timing that we've decided to starve much of the world after our bridge was attacked. 
Wonder what sort of ripples that'll have. The third world isn't pleased about it at all. Right. Will some of those third worlders who are in bed with China say something to Xi Jinping? Does he care? Who knows? We'll see. It's a heck of a move, isn't it? To starve many, 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 many people in poor countries over this issue. So you can, what's your leverage? I mean, to deny Ukraine the revenue. Yeah. But they're getting, you know, plenty of stuff anyway. So this uh, report is out, too, on the whole Ukraine war situation. Ukrainian officials, as well as the deputy minister of defense, are reporting that they've begun to observe a large buildup of Russian forces in the Kharkiv region, which consists of about 100,000 troops alongside 900 tanks, 550 artillery pieces, 370 multiple launch rocket systems, They're also reporting the deployment of Russian support assets, including fixed-wing and helicopter aircraft toward the front line. It looks like a major buildup by the Russians. The pictures here are frightening on this article. Uh, Officials have stated this may be in preparation for a major offensive on the city of Kharkiv that will be done in an attempt to draw Ukrainian forces away from their counteroffensive in the south, which, you know, is a perfectly understandable military move by the Russians. What's amazing to me is that they still have so many people. Russia. Russia. That they still have so many soldiers to throw at this. Allegedly, though, they're getting, like, uh, weaker and weaker. I mean, they're going deeper and deeper on the bench. Sure. Although numbers, uh, what's the the old saying? The quantity is its own quality. Right. Uh, I've been so, reading about how the uh, the counteroffensive has been very, very slow because the mines and the Russians being dug in so thoroughly. And the fact that, as Mike Lyons made the point several times, the Ukrainians don't have air support. It is extremely difficult to mount a counter uh, counteroffensive without air support. When do the F-16s start rolling in? Soon. Yeah. I have not been briefed. Uh, This giant offensive by Russia, which I hadn't read anything about until today, that'll be some news to follow. Fantastic. More ugliness. So a couple of uh, Twitter rebukes to the Biden administration last couple of days. Tell you about those. Uh, They got fact-checked, Jack. Oh, no, you hate to be fact-checked. Well, especially if your facts are fiction. More people weighing in on the looming yet another Trump indictment, as announced by Trump himself today, if you haven't heard that. And the hospital that affirmative action built and the terrible, terrible legacy of it in Los Angeles. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ron DeSantis being interviewed by Jake Tapper on CNN this afternoon. Another one of his, I got to do something different, so he's going to go into unfriendly territory for, I think, the first time since he announced and get grilled, and we'll see how he does. I've long been saying, I find it odd that he hasn't been doing that a lot. Who does he have advising him? Number one. Trump is a hero to a lot of people because of how he battles the left. Absolutely. That's a lot of his appeal. <clears throat> and number two, one of the reasons I liked Ron DeSantis so much is how good he is at that. He's terrific at it. And yet some genius guru decided, no, 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 we'll stick to friendly outlets for six months while your numbers erode. <laughs> and after we announce, we'll do our first interview on an unworkable Twitter platform nobody's ever heard of. Brilliant. <laughs> I found this very, very interesting. Um, it's a, it's an article, a piece of writing by uh, Richard Hanania, whose act I don't know. He's a young fellow. I like the cut of his jib. But he's talking about affirmative action programs that reward the less qualified. Why care about merit, he asks. What harm is there in affirmative action programs that reward the less qualified? And he spins the tale in incredible detail and documentation. Where do you people find the time? Um, I guess he's a think tank guy, but um, 
he tells the tale of a story Los Angelinos are more than acquainted with, most of them, Martin Luther King Jr. slash Drew Medical Center in Los Angeles, which operated from 1972 to 2007, years in which it earned its nickname Killer King. Ooh. It was founded in 1972 in response to the black riots of the late 1960s. Elites in L.A., like every, or like elsewhere in the country, determined that racism was the cause of pathologies in the black community. They therefore decided to open up a hospital to serve the local folks. And officially, as a public institution, it couldn't be a quote-unquote black hospital, but most employees and administrators were black, and it was said to belong to the community. And they have documents of... Official people saying that this hospital belongs to the community. California schools practiced massive affirmative action at the time, and graduates would go work at King Drew. Probably worth mentioning right off the bat, unless you're like an avowed racist, the problem here is not lots of black people working in a hospital. The problem is unqualified people of whatever hue working in the hospital. And when you decide, well, we're going to Stock it with black people from California schools, whether they're uh, you know qualified or not, because that's important. Uh, you get these results. And uh, problems appeared right away. In 1975, the L.A. Times reported on, quote, horror stories implying neglect and incompetence. Employees were said to be drunk on the job or on drugs stolen from the hospital pharmacy. A letter from a nurse in 1977 gave it the moniker of Killer King. Nothing was done for decades. It took an L.A. Times report in 2004, and the L.A. Times then is now pretty liberal newspaper. Less so in 04. But it took an L.A. Times report in 04 to reveal how bad things had gotten. According to one accreditor, the hospital had, quote, problems of orders of magnitude that are substantially greater than almost all other hospitals in this country. And we'll, uh, we'll publish a link to this at armstrongandgetty.com so you can read it yourself. Again, it is breathtakingly well-documented and detailed. Yeah, I'm interested King- in hearing as you lay this out, though, why this happened this way. Why did it unfold this way? I think the one standard that the hospital had to meet was that it was run by black folks and that it was seen as... I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to spout cliches. It was seen as politically aligned with progressive black politics in LA and, and endorsed by those politicians. And if that is your number one goal for a hospital, you're going to be in trouble. Mm. Maybe your number one goal ought to have something to do with, I don't know, helping people not be dead, for instance. <laughs> So King Drew spent about $20 million on malpractice payouts from 1994 to 2004. Adjusting for the number of patients it saw, it was the worst figure of any hospital in the entire state of California. Wow. Uh, Patients would come in with minor medical issues and end up dead. Locals would run away from ambulances in order not to be brought to Killer King. Oh, wow. Police officers had an understanding that if their colleagues were shot, they would not allow them to be taken there. Your partner, and you would agree, look, if I get shot, take me somewhere other than King Drew. Wow. Once a nine-year-old of Guatemalan, uh, nine-year-old daughter of Guatemalan immigrants was hit by a car. She had minor scrapes and a few broken teeth, and her parents brought her. She thought they thought she'd be out before long, but she wouldn't survive, Killer King. She ended up dead, series of mistakes, wow. uh, using adult doses of anesthesia. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, there are, gave, there are enough ahead. professionals out there that are that bad at their job? Because, I mean, you'd, you'd have to be, you know, I assume you have to have the degree and all the various things to have these jobs. But you get all the worst of everybody together in one hospital, and this is the results you get? Well, or your standard is not care. Your standard mm-hmm. is fulfilling the progressive goals. And and uh, uh, so, well, I'll give you the very, very short version of her story. They gave her enough sedative to sedate a grown man. Then they needed to hook her up to a ventilator, but the settings were wrong. She was starved oh. of oxygen, oh. and then for unclear reasons, the doctor had her breathing tube removed. Then staff failed to monitor, monitor her condition. She was soon brain dead and taken off life support. The family settled for practically nothing, uh, by the way, in a lawsuit. What a horrible story. And, and it, well, here's the problem with affirmative action in general. All of those people, the anesthesiologists, the uh, respiratory tech, uh, everybody involved, did they fulfill the number one priority of that hospital? Probably, yeah. They went along with the politics of it, and they looked right. And that was the number one goal. Now, the number two goal, not letting people be dead, they didn't so, do so well on that, but they fulfilled the number one. Here's a sheriff's deputy taking the hospital with four gunshot wounds. He was joking with nurses when he arrived dead two days later. The surgeon had given him a lethal combination of heart drugs. Individual cases, mm, there's malpractice and medical mistakes everywhere. I think it's it's much, much more persuasive when you look at the numbers in general. Um then there were more injuries, et cetera. Doctors overpaid compared to the uh, the competing hospitals. It paid its ranking doctors lavishly. Some draw twice what their counterparts make at public hospitals, often for doing less, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the point this guy's making in great detail and, and, and conviction is that affirmative action misplaces the goals and the priorities of any enterprise or any hiring or choosing a Supreme Court justice or whatever. And often you can get away with it. I mean, if I was going to hire, you know, a new producer for the show or whatever, and I insisted, okay, it's got to be an Italian-American, for instance. It's entirely possible we could find a brilliant producer who's Italian-American. But once you've switched the order of your priorities to put that at the top, you're taking a risk. You're taking a real risk. You're perverting the process. Anyway, uh, we'll have that link at armstrongandgetty.com under hot links. Uh, Richard Hanania's piece about uh, King Drew, Killer King. Why would we specifically want an Italian-American producer? Uh, I I, I don't know. Italian-Americans need a leg up. Mamma mia, that's a spicy producer. What's the matter, you? See, that's racist. It is? Actually, it's not. You can do an Italian voice. You can do an Irish voice. You can do any European voice you want. You can't do an Asian voice right now for the purposes of humor or parody. You can absolutely not do a black voice. Uh, uh, like a Mexican accent is a wobbler. Uh, if you're if you're a young radio professional, I recommend you don't. Well, you can't do an Indian voice, as in the country of India. You used to be able to, but you can't. Well, maybe I don't know if you can or not, but they took a poo off the Simpsons, which right. my kids. That's one of the things they hate about the newer episodes is there's no poo. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, Indian-Americans are too busy making money and having success to worry too much about what uh, radio guys do. Their current favorite episode is when Apu and his wife have octuplets. Yes. <laughs> they have eight babies. It's an all-timer. It's a great one. And, and Homer and Marge. Bring some banana bread. <laughs> and Apu says, all my problems are solved. You brought some banana bread. 
<laughs> oh, fantastic. Here, as thanks, here, have a baby. <laughs> oh, an all-time. Fabulous. <laughs> um, so Trump going to be indicted again? Sure looks like it. Some people have commented on that. Um, and a, a number of other things we got to jam in. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. President Trump says he received a letter from Jack Smith saying the target of a grand jury investigation on January 6th. Do you have a reaction to that? Yeah, it's absolute bullshit. Yeah, that's my reaction. Um, this is the only way that the Democrats have to beat President Trump is to arrest him, smear him, charge him with ridiculous charges, all in a cover-up of Joe Biden's crimes, Hunter Biden's crimes. That's Marjorie Taylor Greene weighing in on the news from Trump that he's received a letter indicating that he's going to be indicted again, this time over the election interference stuff, I guess, or is it January 6th? And everyone knows it. And everyone knows it. And everyone knows it. You know, before we get back to the possible indictment of a former president, which has never happened in American history until... Ho-hum. Yeah, this is the third one. Happens monthly now. (laughs) A... Republican representative named Tim Burchett says that a fist fight, a fist fight is liable to break out at any moment between Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. Oh, my. And everyone knows it. So well, let's settle this in the traditional way in jello. So, oh, geez. So if you'll remember, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was kicked out of the Freedom Caucus for calling Lauren Boebert a little bitch mm. on the House floor. An unfortunate moment. Uh, no one had ever been kicked out of the Freedom Caucus before. They had a vote and uh, voted her out, which included a yes voter out from the LB. Uh, as a key In question. <laughs> the LB in question. Yes. Um, they were formerly friends, but... Um, this uh, other Republican said, I'm friends with both of them. It's entertaining to think that a fist fight could break out at any mo- at any moment. I kind of dig that, is his quote. What? What? Yes. This is oh, where we are. That's not doing the Republican Party any good. Wake up! I'm awake. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. <laughs> this, is, this is the moment we live in, and you need to be aware of it. Well, I can make that idiotic joke because, uh, I, well, that's what I do. But he's an actual Congress dude, and he said that. Yeah. It'd be really entertaining. He said, I'm a big fan of uh, of WWE, and uh, a fight could break out at any moment. I kind of dig it. <laughs> Put him in bikinis. Uh, Lauren Boebert's a fit woman, no doubt, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is a beast. Gotta have. In terms of fitness. Gotta have like 50 pounds on her. Boebert looks like she weighs 100 pounds. Yeah, and and Marjorie Taylor Greene like works out yeah. like a fiend. Yeah, if you've never seen any of the videos of her deadlifting or whatever. Yeah, that wouldn't be much. It would be a gruesome fight. And everyone knows it. Hmm. Um, representatives for Green and Bobert did not immediately respond to Business Insider's request for comment. The Daily maybe maybe a a Bake Off. Wow, that's a good one. Like a British uh, what's the British baking show? So popular. Uh You've got to make a cupcake in the next five minutes. The Daily Beast apparently asked Marjorie Taylor Greene in one of the hallways about this, and she said, dude, do you have anything besides, do you have anything to do besides report on complete drama and bull bleep? No, I'm serious. That's a pretty good response. uh, Yeah, and uh, yeah, it seems to be uh, her her term of the day, as she called the Trump looming indictment bull bleep also. 
um, uh, a slightly more serious fair since this is actually happening in real life that the person almost certainly to be the Republican nominee is going to be indicted again uh, by the Justice Department of the sitting president he's running against, which is still, regardless of how tired you are of it, and I am of it, a remarkable situation. Yes. I mean, it's just a remarkable situation. Here's Jonathan Turley weighing in on the politics of it all. This is fulfilling his narrative that there's a weaponization of the criminal justice system. That's why this indictment, if there's one coming, could be so important. With Mar-a-Lago, those were classic types of charges, a classic built case. This one, they have to really stick the landing so that few, that no one will question it, or few people would question it. That's going to require some very direct and strong evidence. We haven't seen that. So if, if Smith doesn't have that type of evidence and he's moving forward largely on the speech, then I think he will fulfill the narrative of Donald Trump. He will be the federal version of Alvin Bragg in bringing that indictment. Oh, wow. So I'm not sure I followed that completely of oh, the speech. Is he talking about the speech Trump gave in the park there near the Correct. Capitol? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you're going off of for inciting the riot and everything like that ah, is a little thin gruel. So uh, totally saying well, he must have more. Yeah, exactly. He's saying if that's the basis of it, then that will fulfill Trump's uh, characterization of things. But uh, that would be that would be monumentally idiotic. Alvin Bragg is a jackass. Uh, this Jack Smith is said not to be a jackass. Yeah. So I can't believe he'd go off half cocked. Like yes, that. people say Jack Smith don't play. So. He's got some serious stuff, apparently. Well, we'll see. And uh, we all we find that out when the I'm starting to learn this stuff. Uh, so we find that out when the when the when the arrest and the indictment occurs, right? Yeah, when he's charged, I guess. Which could be tomorrow or a month from now. I don't. Who knows? Yeah. God, this is crazy though. This is just a crazy lifestyle we're all in. And, and, you know, whether you're blaming it on a weaponized Justice Department or a out-of-control Trump or whatever you're putting the blame on or, or the, both, depending on the situation, um, uh, it's just it's not good for the country. No, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. This is a dangerous time in oh, our history. Heck yeah. <sighs> you know. We ignore it most of the time because what are you going to do? You're going to wallow in it constantly. But the fact that we we now n- n- have no respect for the Supreme Court either. So Congress, the presidency, the Supreme Court, nobody has any belief in whatsoever. As we mentioned earlier, majority of people think Biden took bribes. Majority of people think Trump did the things he's accused of. Yet a majority of people think it's politically motivated to go after him. I mean, we're all just very, very cynical, and rightfully so, because our cynical, cynical politicians treat us like idiots all the time and lie to us. So, I mean, they're, they're getting what they deserve, but, it, you know, there's no winner here. It, there's, no, there's no win in this. Well, and yeah, if I can say something to whip you up that corrodes respect for the Supreme Court, um, I'll go ahead. I'm, I won't think about that. The institutions that, and, and it's true on both sides of the aisle, but it's funny how many times the Democrats claim that Donald Trump was damaging the, the vaunted institutions of this country, and then they would just set fire to the Supreme Court to go, gain a moment's political advantage. 
I think it was Ian Bremmer. I should dig that up. He said something uh, fairly bipartisan recently that I thought was very true. He said, um, uh, all political sides are betting on the fact that we are so solid as a country. Our institutions are solid enough. I think it was after the Supreme Court stuff that we can just weather this. That people can say whatever they want, and we can just weather this. And he and he basically said, "I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure either." Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, I would be more specific and say people think they can do whatever damage they need to to whatever institution to gain momentary advantage, but that institution will be fine, right? And people that norm and it, of American society. Well, when 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 states stop believing in Supreme Court rulings. Uh, and and half the country or more doesn't believe every presidential election, and you know all these things start happening, which were real close. Meanwhile, the Wall Street Journal had an editorial piece uh, that outlined voters on both sides of the aisle, and their uh, their premise basically was that, and I'll quote. Uh, the next race for the White House is an existential election with voters on both sides fearing not just a loss of political influence, but also the destruction of their way of life. Well, that's nice. Well, and what's interesting to me as a guy who tries very, very hard to be rational about this and taking all sides is that the Democrat fears are mostly fantasy about the so-called far-right agenda. Here's this woman saying gay rights in employment and marriage are at risk. No, they aren't. No, they aren't. Nobody's talking about gay marriage, well, except people on the left trying to terrify you, but well, it's successful. Based on what we just said, maybe this whole no-labels third-party thing is, you know, the time is right. We'll talk about that to kick off Hour 4. If you missed the hour, get the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.